This is episode number 364 with Captain Dale Dye. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Super pumped and excited about our guest today. His name is Captain Dale Dye, and he is a U.S. Marine who served in Vietnam, receiving three Purple Hearts. He also spent 22 years in the military before heading to Hollywood. And now he's an actor who has dedicated his career to accurately portraying military roles on screen. He's best known for his roles in Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, and Natural Born Killers, to name a few. He's also created a company, Warriors Inc., to teach actors how to appeal realistic in war scenes on films. He talks about all of the famous actors and famous war movies that he's consulted on to really train these actors. He puts them through extreme conditions, extreme boot camp style conditions to put them in realistic moments so they can accurately portray what it's actually like in combat on the screen. I had a lot of fun connecting with uh, Dale and hearing his stories. I mean, he has so many incredible stories and man, he has been through a lot. So there was a lot of wisdom and knowledge here. And you know, one of the things I was fascinated with was how he manages fear and how you manage fear on the combat field and how you translate managing that in the real world, in relationships, also while you're acting in all these different areas. So we talk about how to get to the point where you don't show fear, even if you're feeling fear. Then we talk about emotional strength and physical strength, and which one is more important on the battlefield and in life. He talks about his perspective on women joining the military, how to get through an extremely stressful moment in combat, and Dale's experience on managing emotions while in military service. And I asked him, you know, how were you able to express yourself? And did you feel like military hold you back emotionally in any way during the military and once you got out in relationships? And there were some fascinating things that he shared. And I'd love to get your feedback and opinion on these. So make sure to tweet me at Lewis Howes and let me know what you thought. Also, check out the full video interview, all the show notes, and everything we talked about linked in this episode at lewishouse.com slash 364, and share this out with your friends. Share it out because I think it's going to be a great perspective for a lot of people listening, no matter what industry or field they are in. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Captain Dale Dye. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. 
I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PUREleaf. That's promo code 20PUREleaf for 20% off. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome everyone back to the school of greatness podcast i'm very excited about our guest today his name is captain dale die good to see you thank you thank you good to see you and i want to read your your bio because i think it's pretty impressive and i think you'll be fascinated with this (laughs) okay so bear with me for a second (laughs) all right i'll bear captain dale die enlisted in the united states marine corps in january 1964, correct? Yeah. Okay. He served in Vietnam, serving 31 major combat operations. He emerged from Southeast Asia, highly decorated, including three Purple Hearts for wounds suffered in combat. He spent 13 years as an enlisted Marine. Then he was sent to Beirut with the Multinational Peacekeeping Force. He spent time in Central America reporting and training troops in guerrilla warfare techniques in both El Salvador and Nicaragua before heading to Hollywood. And he is now an actor who is, who has dedicated his career to accurately portraying military roles on screen. He's best known for his roles in Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, and Natural Born Killers, to name a few. He's also created a company called Warriors Inc. that teaches actors how to appeal realistic in war scenes in films. Is that accurate? Is that correct? That's pretty fair. It's a little overblown, but okay. yeah, there you have it. I like it. I like it. And I, well, a fun fact about you is you joined the Marine Corps after high school because you didn't have enough money for college. Is that right? Yeah. I uh, I wanted to, I'd gone to military schools, Lewis, uh, Missouri Military Academy. In Missouri, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I went to high school in St. Louis. Oh, for, terrific. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Cape Girardeau. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I really wanted to go to the Naval Academy. Okay. But I was a bit more of a jock than I was a scholar. (laughs) And so when I took the test for the Naval Academy, I couldn't pass. All right. And in those days, you know, there wasn't a lot of grant money around and all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I wasn't going to play professional baseball, it looked like. And I wasn't going to the Naval Academy and, you know, 
poor me, so I cried the poor ass for a little while and then joined the Marine Corps. There you go. Kind of foreign legion thing. Okay. But you say it's more hardcore than the other academy, right? Yeah. It's more I of a jock so. academy, right? Yeah. Well, the Marine Corps is a jock thing. Right. You know, I mean, you, you got to be uh, ready to roll at any time and you got to roll hard. And that appealed to me. Interesting. I'm curious just off the, uh, what was the most uh, fascinating part for you about boot camp going into that? What was the most cha- biggest challenger? Well, it wasn't that big a challenge for me really? because I'd been through all of the, the military school discipline and, and I'd learned the oh, basics and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it was, it was really a chance to start studying the military society as it, as it really exists. And, uh, and I enjoyed watching the power plays. Uh, with the drill that? instructors oh. and, and how they trained us and how they taught us. I saw through it a bit. I knew what they were doing. And, uh, and I just thought it was colorful and wonderful. And I kept my mouth shut and cruised through it. And, uh, and I knew right then, I think that this was something for me. This appealed to me. Hmm. That's cool. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't challenging at all. And boot camp is, is it two weeks or is it four weeks? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it was 13 weeks. 13 weeks. Yeah. When I went through. Wow. I think it's down to 11 now or something okay. like that. Okay. But um, it was uh, a tough school, a hard school. I, when when I say it wasn't a challenge for me, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean it wasn't physically a challenge. They will wear you out. Sure. And they did. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so after that, you spent 13 years in the Marines, right? No, 13 years as an enlisted man. Enlisted man. And then I put in for a commission. And I was commissioned and finally finished uh, as a captain after 22 years. Oh, wow. So 22. So I'm what's totally... called a Mustang. I came up from the enlisted ranks. Okay. So 22. Is that total years? Yeah. Okay. And how many years as a captain? 22 uh, years, you said? There would have been about seven years as a commissioned officer. Seven years commissioned. Okay. Awesome. Impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And how many different ranks are there, just so I'm aware? Well, there's nine in the enlisted uh Rank structure. Okay. And I made, I made eight of them. And then I applied to become an officer, but I didn't have a college degree. Uh, so, uh, they made me a warrant officer. And at that point, I was going to night school and, uh, I was trying to get a college degree so I could advance. And eventually I did. Um, and to the, uh, to the ninth position or to? No, no, no. I had, I'd already finished with the enlisted stuff. Okay. I'll now, gotcha, gotcha. now I was an okay. officer and I wanted to advance as an officer. Interesting. So I needed a college education. I was going to night school, uh, the University of Maryland, where I eventually graduated. I remember I was uh, out on Okinawa and going to night school and I was trying for a degree, um, and a bac- baccalaureate in, in arts degree. Mm-hmm. And I needed a week where I had no duties in the Marine Corps. I just had to study because I was challenging the exams and finals were coming up. And if I could only pass these exams, I'd be granted my degree. So I went to see my battalion commander, who was an old-time, salty, tough Marine. And I said, sir, uh, look, I, uh, I I really need a week off uh, because i got to study, and this is my degree, and I'm really trying to advance. And he looked at me, and he said, a week off, huh? What, uh, what? What's your uh, major, Di? And I said, uh, sir, it's uh, English literature. He thought for a minute. And he said, what What are you going to do, Di? Are you going to read them to death? Said, yes, sir, I probably will do that. He gave me the time off anyway. I was, nice. I was able to complete the degree. That's cool. Okay. Was the goal always to be captain or was it something no, else? No, I didn't know what the goal was. I The goal was to be able to lead more people. Mm. That that was always my 
thrill. Why, uh, why did you want to do that? I, I guess it is seeing and influencing other people's behavior and performance. Uh, hmm. That was, that was a, a treat for me. Uh, raising other people's children essentially is what I was doing. And, and I loved it. I mean, you could see young men and women in the Marine Corps in, in my units. Um, grasping and trying and and trying to succeed and try to get ahead and they had all the typical problems that young people do and uh, i liked being papa bear i liked being the guy they came to and said uh you know sir i I got this problem and what do i do about it and sometimes i didn't know sure but i appreciated that they would come to me and i would try to work out something to help them get along and help them advance and and that was that was a great thrill for me Amazing. i enjoyed that and so every so you have to educate me because I don't okay. know about all the ranking and how many. Things. Clearly, so you don't. But go I ahead. Don't, I yeah. don't. So educate me and all the people that don't know listening. So at each rank, you're responsible for more people. I'm yes. assuming yeah. when you're listed, yeah. right? And then as a captain, how many are you leading at that? Well, point? it depends on what you're doing. Okay, you could lead up to two hundred. Um, I think the most I had at one point was probably fifty or sixty. Okay, as uh, a captain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and it was um, it was a challenge because they're all individuals. Uh, they're all trying to succeed. They're all trying to survive. They have different desires, wants. They do. Needs. Sure, they do. Yeah. yeah. And and I would try to recognize those things. Sure. And I would I would try to guide them along, not to make big mistakes. And it's uh, it's a tough deal with young folks. And and the the more we move into more modern society, and and the more pressures are on young people. Uh, the the tougher it gets to lead them, but but I think they're all looking for it. Uh, at least I perceive that. Uh, I would always think back on the people who influenced me and uh, and how they, you know, it, it, I don't it, tough love. I guess would be the way you could would be the way you'd describe it. But they would take me, you know, by the arm and say, "Listen, right. you, <laughs> the following attends, pay attention," you know, and I'd listen. And and usually their advice was right on the money. Not that I wanted to hear it sometimes. I sure. was like anybody else, a little hardhead. But, sure. But once you get past that and you know that you're dealing with a mentor, you know, a person who, who really wants to help you out mm-hmm. and does have your best interest at heart, those people make a huge influence on your life. I mean, you know that. Your coaches. Of course. Some of the guys who coached you. Some, some of the guys who uh, taught you. You always remember those people because they made such an influence yeah. on yeah. you. Teachers, coaches, yeah. mentors, yeah, exactly. of course. Yeah. What was combat like for you uh, when you were, you know, enlisted and then when you were also as a captain? What, what were the differences and what was it like? Well, there's no difference in combat. Look, when when somebody's trying to kill you yeah. and uh, and your mission is to kill them before they do it, um, you're in extremis. You're in as far as a person can get. Everything's at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize that. Um do you ever get used to it? Um, probably not. But I think you, you learn to manage the fear. I think you learn to deal with it and pay attention to other things. I've always thought that one of the great things about being a leader, uh, especially in combat, was that you tended to forget about yourself, mm. uh, which I think is magic. I wish more people could do it. I mean, we're way too self-centered nowadays. Um, and it's not about you a lot of times. It's about the mission. It's about what we've got to do. It's about the other people that you're responsible for. And in my case, uh, when I was in bad straits, when I was in dire straits, that always helped me to get over 
um, the fear that I had. You know, I, I don't have time to be afraid for myself right now. I've got to be afraid for this guy and this guy and this guy. And sure. I've got to be afraid that we won't get the mission done. And that's everything. But when it's life or death on the line, it's still challenging, right? I mean, it's a tough one and it's ugly. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, I've, I've always thought that in, in one way, Hemingway was right. Um, he said that war is man's greatest adventure. And it's true. Uh, on the other hand, the greatest nightmare. Yeah, it is. It is a, the greatest nightmare. It's ugly. And you see some things you never forget and you never want to see again. But there you are. Um, that's what you're in it to do it. Yeah. Um, and you've got to do it. And I, I like the selflessness part of it. Um, I like the business of serving and sacrificing, although those have become cliches now. But but I like the business of, of doing something that's being engaged in something that's bigger than myself. Of course. Um, carrying a mission and a role that, that means something bigger than am I going to survive. It means yeah. is, is my nation and, and are my countrymen going to survive. Yeah. That's, that's what I try to keep in the back of my mind. Of course. I think it's hard to feel fulfilled and happy if it's just about you. Boy, I would, on your I would own think goals, so. Right? Yeah. I mean, every service. time I've gotten wrapped around my own axle, it's never worked it's not out fun, real it's not well. Fulfilling, it's no. stressful. It's you know, there's frustration, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, I just can't. It's just hard for me to imagine. You know, I remember there was a moment in high school. I was like, you know, maybe the military is something I would do. But then I quickly got out of that, and I was like, I'd rather be a professional <laughs> athlete. You know, yeah. like that's, that was the dream. Yeah. But I always had pride. You know, my dream was to represent my country to the best of my mm. ability. And now I play with the USA national team for a sport called team handball. So I feel like in some way, small way, I'm doing that when I wear USA across yeah. my chest. Yeah, but I'm you not, feel like, that. I feel the pride. I'm like yeah. welling up in tears when they're singing the national anthem before every game. Like, it's amazing for me. Yeah. But there's there's more to whether or not you win the game. Yeah. It's, my life doesn't depend on That's it. right. You know, if we but, lose, I'm not going to die. No, but. But you feel that weight because you're carrying that like, USA. I across feel it, and I don't. I don't want to see people see me. You know, yeah. it's like I get it. Yeah. So I mean, in some ways, I can sort of relate, but not in, in close. Um, who is someone that, in your mind, reminds, or who's the, one of the most inspiring people that you served alongside on any mission or combat? And what was it that they did that inspired you so much? Well, there's there's been a lot of them. I I think I think. The person who probably taught me um, taught me to conquer fear um, was um, a platoon commander that I had uh, in Echo Company, Second Battalion, Third Marines. Uh, we called him Wild Bill Tehan, and uh, Bill was uh, absolutely fearless, or I thought he was, because he would he would always be out front and running and rounds flying all over the place and people dropping here and there and getting blown into bloody, bloody pulp, and, and uh, we'd be shocky when something like that would happen. But Tehan would get up and say, follow me, and off he would go. Um, and, you know, I just, just thought he was a lunatic. I mean, this guy, you know. He would just run into the war and yeah, the bullets you know, flying he, around. He badly needs to be committed somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> but there came a night. Um, we were out, and we'd had a really bad day, um, tough day, lots of lots of folks down and getting chewed up and and i was in a Where hole was in vietnam mm -hmm. uh up near the quaviet river and uh i was in a hole you know trying to stay awake and stay uh, alive right he dropped into the hole and uh, started talking to me and uh, 
And I, you know, I figured, what the hell, I'm probably going to be dead tomorrow. I'll just ask this guy, you know, what the deal is. And and he told me a lot about, you know, he, he said some things that I've since read later. Um, and I don't know if he had read them or it, just how he felt. But but he said, you know, it's it's just about not letting anybody know how afraid you are. He said, I've, I've got a platoon here that I need to run and I need to inspire and I need to motivate and I need to take care of. And in order to do that, they can't see me afraid. But I am. Mm. And I, I thought, you know, I've just had one of these epiphanies. You know, the light bulb just came on above my head. He wasn't fearless at all. He was just as afraid as the rest of us were. Um, but he knew how to manage it. He knew how to deal with it for himself right. so that it wouldn't affect us. And I thought, well, there, there's a lesson for you. Huh. So is it better to essentially, I don't know, fake it that you're not afraid or whatever you do to manage it so that you're not showing fear or to be more vulnerable and say, hey, guys, I'm afraid just like you, but doesn't mean I'm not going to go after no, it. No, no, no. That's, that's touchy-feely. Okay. Uh, you can't Especially go in the way. war, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, you can't go that way. Um, I, I think it... What about in life can you go that way? It, I doubt and it. Not a life or death situation. What what I what calls to my what that calls to mind in in my case is, is something I hear here in Hollywood all the time, and that is never let them see you sweat. Right. You know I think I think there's something to that. There's a, there's a certain bearing that you've got to have as a leader and as a human being, and you have to maintain that bearing. Now that's something that's learned. That's something that you have to practice. But when you've got it, uh, it goes a long way toward conquering fear. It's if if someone asks me, "Were you afraid?" The answer is yes. Oh hell yes, I was afraid. Um, but I managed not to let it stall me, not to not to let it conquer, me. hesitate, or yeah, yeah. And I think that's what you have to do. How does someone do that? How does someone manage it to that level where they don't show it? Well, the first thing you do is stop thinking about yourself. Um, look, you have a job to do and that job can be as simple as existing as a human being as a male human being (laughs) from day to day you got a job to do and you you can't you got to stop thinking about how do i feel you know oh my you know i'm i have to get up early this morning i think i'll cry the poor ass you know you that's nonsense you've got things to do you have to face life life is not easy war is not easy business is not easy doing what we're doing right now is not easy um but you have to make it that way. You have to make it, make the other person, the other people around you feel that it's easy. If you can do that and forget about yourself, I think you go a long way. You take a big step. And the longer you do it and the more you see it as effective, the more you're training yourself. You're training it's yourself. Muscle. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What are some things that people could do, you think, on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis to embrace that and start optimizing that part of their life of fear not running them when they go to a job interview or to give a speech or presentation or whatever it is? Uh, so well, it doesn't rule them. Back off and see the big picture. The big picture is that this job interview may be extremely important to you. And I understand that. And you may desperately need that job. Mm. But desperation is not what you need when you go in. Confidence is what you need when you go in. Um, and, and you have to back off a bit from how you feel and the fact that you've got a pile of bills over here that have to get paid and they won't unless you get this job. Yeah. That's, that's pressure. It is. I mean, that's got you in a vice here, but you have to back away from it and say, okay, I could go in and fall on my knees and start sobbing and, and say how badly I need this job. But is that that's who the guy wants? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't want that sobbing mess yeah. of goo on his, on his floor there. He wants a guy who stands up and says, look, um, I've got problems. I've got to need to, I need to solve them. And I'm asking you to give me a hand so that I can solve them. And more importantly, so that I can help you solve your problems. Once again, it's, it's not thinking so much about yourself. And it's hard to do. We're, we're brought up in a society where it's all me, me, me. You know, the sun rises and sets on your posterior. Well, no, it doesn't. And you have to back off, I think, a bit and see that and understand that. And it gives you a different perspective. And I think that perspective is what you carry into those tense situations. Yeah. What would you say? What was his name again? Billy T? What would you say his name? The Tehan. Bill Tehan. Bill Tehan. Okay. Yeah. So you said he was one of the most inspiring guys. Yeah. He was one. There's been many. Been many. What would you yeah. say is the most courageous moment that you witnessed for yourself and for someone else just around you where you're like, wow, that was a moment of Look, extreme. I'm, I'm sure every moment is that, but. There, there have been so many, Lewis. I mean, <clears throat> I've seen, I've seen young guys, um, get up, guys that I thought were absolute duds. I mean, this clown, whoever he is, he's dead tomorrow. Right. And he isn't because he'll come right out of his socks when the chips are absolutely down 
here he goes. You know, he's this he's this 95-pound featherweight that, you know, you think, oh, he's, he's useless. And suddenly he steps up. Really? And I've seen that a hundred times. And when they do, they're magic. They're just magnificent when the guys get up and, and do that sort of thing. And what, what entertains me about it all is, is they're usually the guys you don't expect to do that. Really? You know? Yeah. And I've seen the, I've seen the big guys, the horses. Get scared. Yeah. I've seen them fall. Um, so it's, what that means is it's really the heart. It's really how much character you've got and how much, how that's been developed. Um, the hardships you've endured that make you that rock solid character when the time comes. Hmm. Gosh. What do you think is more important, emotional strength or physical strength? Clearly emotional strength. Uh, you have to have it. Um, you can get by without a great deal of physical strength. Really? Usually if you're smart. Because anyone with a gun, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and if you're smart, you, you don't, you don't, and you don't have a lot of physical strength. You don't pursue, um, tasks or trades that, that require that sort of thing. But every task or trade requires emotional strength. You've got to be able to face hardship and you've got to be able to back off from that hardship and say, look, this, uh, nobody's going to get killed, mm-hmm. but I have to make the right decision and I have to be brave and I have to be strong. There's other people that may be depending on you. And that's what you have to look at. The hell with you. Think about your wife or your girlfriend or your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad. Those folks are depending on you. Mm. And if you weenie out, there it is. You got to step up and have that emotional strength. Right. As someone who was in the military for so long, was it hard moving from, you know, being a soldier to being an actor for you? Was it a challenge? No. Uh, <laughs> or was the, this like, this is so easy? <laughs> well, the answer is, um, Look, leading is, in many cases, uh, teaching, um, whether it's by example or whether it's formal instruction. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for motivating other people and getting them to do something they might otherwise not do and want to do it. Um, and I always thought of the teachers who did that for me and the coaches who did that for me. And I thought, you know, what they're doing is they're standing up there and they're performing. That's a performance. Right. And I put that together. Hmm. And I was always a great teacher in the Marine Corps um, because I understood that. I understood that in order to grab you by the stacking swivel and make you pay attention and make you like what you're hearing, I have to bring a smile to your face. Hmm. You have to say, you know what? This guy's an idiot maybe, but he's fun and I'm learning <laughs> I'm, whatever the hell he's telling me. I'm entertained. Yeah. And and so I I kind of applied that, and I think I think I had a, a grounding as a as an actor uh, from that sort of experience. So when when people decided, you know, they they wanted me to go in front of the camera, um, I said, well, hey, wait a minute, I'm not sure. These guys have all been to film school, and they've all been to, you know, I I'm just I'm just me. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing was that that's really all they wanted me to be. They weren't asking me to play the homosexual hairdresser or anything like that. You know, they they wanted me to be play the guy role. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up as the most typecast guy in Hollywood, and that's fine. Um, and and you know, I've I've often thought I wanted to. I've I've had a few roles that have stretched me out of that, out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But most directors say, "Oh, get me that guy, that white-haired military guy," you know, and have him do this. And, and so the roles have come very easily to me. 
Um, occasionally I'll get one that's a stretch and, and I love to do comedy and that sort of thing. I got a great sense of humor, um, or a sense of irony anyway. <laughs> um, and so, um, I, I look for those roles that take me out of typical typecasting, but, but it, it hasn't been hard for me, no. Now, today there's a lot more women who are joining the military, mm. right? Yeah. What is that like? Um, and did you have, did you experience that when you were there with women, a lot of women coming through? Um, then or no, when did it start happening? Yeah. Um, I've, I always, uh, in most of the units that I had, there were women, uh, there and they were good, uh, solid gals. Um, how do you experience that handling, you know, men and women in, in, in combat and in the military? Well, you don't have them in, I didn't have them in combat. Um, I've had them in training. Um, and you, you have to approach men and women differently. And that has to do with how we're socialized. Yes. Uh, women have different buttons that you need to push to get them to do what you want to do. What are those buttons? Men do. Well, um, you can, you can make, um, a certain emotional appeal to them, uh, that they'll, they will assimilate more easily than, um, Mm. a man will. At least men that are normally socialized as we understand it. In general, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thing that bothers me and has always bothered me and I think will continue to bother me until we wake up. Um, both in the military and in in society in general, is look, um, I'm I'm all for equality and I'm all for uh, women being given every opportunity to do everything they're capable of doing, but we ignore the 800 pound gorilla in the room, and that is that if you take the military for instance, we've got we've got teenagers essentially, uh, men and women, with raging hormones. And we put them together in a confined situation. We expect nothing is going to happen. Right. Wrong answer. Uh, it's going to happen. And that induces. Sexually, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Romantically, even right. if there's no sexual component to right. it. Um, and that induces tension. Right. And in, if you're in the military, that induced tension can be dangerous and it can be harmful. Um, look. And and I guess that gets back to what I was talking to you a little earlier about. Uh, we have roles and missions in society, and uh, we have to eventually come to a decision about what those roles and missions need to be. Now, I'm quite happy with the standard roles for men and the standard roles for women. Um, but if we're going to mix, shuffle the deck and mix the cards, then we better pay attention to that 800-pound gorilla because he's there. Yeah. And, you know, unless something happens to the human race, <laughs> he's going to be there. Hmm. This is a fascinating topic, and I'm trying to figure out which where I want to really dive in with you on this because you have so sure. much experience yeah. in this. Um, I'm, I'm first curious about your emotional experience. Being in the military, did you feel like you were able to express yourself emotionally in any way, or did you feel like you have to hold back, whether it's, you know, not in combat, but just in general? Or did you feel like you weren't allowed to do express certain things, how you were feeling or fears or cry? Or was there anything that you felt like you had to hold back on? Well, yes, certainly there was. Um, is is overt displays, are overt displays of emotion um, applauded in the military? No, they're not. Hmm. Uh, are they there? Yeah, they are. Sure they are. We're human beings. Yeah. And we have an emotional side. And those emotions are going to come out in certain instances. Uh, do you have to be guarded about it? Yeah, you do. 
Um, and I think the more you get into a confined situation like the military, um, the harder it becomes because you, mm. you, those emotions are in there and they're boiling and right. you want to, you, you got to you know, do something be, with it. Yeah. Right? You, you can be, it can be anger. It can be sorrow. It can be any of the, the gamut of human emotions, mm. but you've got to, you've got to express them guardedly. You can't become. What do you mean by that? Well, you can't become a blubbering mass on the on the right. ground every and, day. You know, yeah. lay there and kick your feet and say, "I'm unhappy." You know, right. that's not going to work, and it shouldn't work. That's unmanly. Right. Um, okay. And and it's it's frowned on, and it should be. What about women expressing that? Same thing. Yeah. If if they're in a, a, a confined military environment, a very structured military environment, or a very structured business environment, for that matter. Um, I don't, I don't think becoming a blubbering mess and, you know, in that setting. Yeah. And, and sitting there crying and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, being overly emotional. I, I think that's, uh, counterproductive. What is productive for people when they're going through extreme sadness or, or guilt or anger that their best friend just got killed or something happened that is unfair or whatever they're feeling? What is a good situation for them to express that in that, in the military setting? Well, you, you have to call on an inner strength, Lewis. Mm. You have to say, I'm, I'm destroyed here. I'm terribly sad. Something has happened that is just ripping the hell out of my emotions. But is it productive at this point for me to just sit here with my Give up face in my hands and cry? Or is it more productive? Um, and is it a better mark of character if I'm able to deal with this? Hmm. If I'm able to keep my emotions in check now in check doesn't necessarily that's right manageable right. you not expressing yourself you've, you've got a hold on them yes you know you're not going to go throw yourself off of balconies right right i mean you're still expressing them in some way but not letting fully yeah, go gotcha yeah. and i i think human beings recognize that i mean we all have these emotions and they can they will recognize that you're dealing with them and that you're holding them and they'll have Empathy. Mm. I think I think there's a lot more empathy than we give people credit for. Really? I mean, I can tell if you're angry or if you're sad, and I'll know what not to say. I won't go in there and dig around and push that button because I know what you're dealing with, and I respect you for dealing with it in a proper manner and dealing with it internally. And so how do you have compassion for someone, or how did you, during those experiences, would you, was there physical affection? Was there just yeah. talking to them? Sure there was, or, yeah. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Sometimes you just reach over and touch a guy. Mm. And he, all it means is I'm here. Wow. And I understand. And I'm feeling what you're feeling, pal. But we got to deal with this. That's Sometimes that's all that's required. Sometimes it's a look. You're about to embark on something that's dangerous or something that's uh, that, that you fear, or something that's making you antsy, something that's making you nervous. And you look at another person and you just nod. And that's that empathy, that human empathy. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I'm here too. Let's do it. What was it like for you transitioning out? Um, were you able to, do you feel like you're able to open up your emotions more? Or did you kind of keep the same managing, managing process of emotions from being in the military to now out of it? I, I, I was so well trained <laughs> that it was, it was difficult for me. Mm. Um, it's it's difficult for me uh, as an actor when when someone says you know I need I need a big show of emotion here and I say well that's not me I wouldn't mm. do that right 
And then, but on the other hand, this guy's just hired me to do that. So I have to find a way to do it. And it, it has to do with touching baggage. Um, <clears throat> we've all had horrible things that happened to us in our life. Um, you know, losing a parent or losing a, uh, a spouse or, uh, hell, losing your dog. You know, the, these things are, these things painful scar us emotionally yeah. and, and they're, and they're painful. Uh, so if, if I'm in that situation, that's what I do. I take a minute and I, go to that place where that pain was and i try to remember that and it if you're lucky it comes through your eyes and and people will see at least they'll see enough to become empathetic mm. okay i know what he's feeling right. and that's about all i can do that's it huh yeah wow what do you feel like your life would be like if you didn't go in the military i have no idea I would probably be, um, you know, down on Skid Row somewhere. And, wow. uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Um, I haven't, my life has been so eventful and so lucky and that I haven't really contemplated that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to <laughs> because I, I have <laughs> I no know. idea sure. what would have happened. Uh, I don't think it probably would have been good. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the, was there a moment, uh, in combat where you felt like I may not make it out of this or this, you know, this is, this might be it. Like, yeah. this is the dumbest decision we're about to make right now. Like, I don't know if we should do this, but we're told to, so we're going to go in. Who knows? It's a, you know, 50, 50 uh, I think, chance. I think everybody that's been in combat has felt that. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Um, nothing seems real smart when you're getting shot at. You know? <laughs> Those bullets uh, Let, yeah, let's go wait back guys. Wait a minute. Maybe we <laughs> should go back to the yeah. bunker. <laughs> um, I think I think I've felt that many times, Lewis. Um, I think anybody that's been in combat has felt that. Um, you know, there when that round snaps by your ear and it's so close, you can actually hear it break the sound no barrier. Way. You know, and or you get hit and uh, and you suddenly look down and you're bleeding and oh my God, I'm still alive. You know, it's wow. uh, those are moments that that imprint deeply. It's like. Uh, a foot over, it could have been over. Oh, yeah. It, closer than that, you know, inches. And, oh, my uh, goodness. And you realize that, um, you know, you're you're playing for keeps here. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this is, is not a game. You know, there's no take two here. Uh, wow. So uh, you you feel those things. And I, I think that goes back to the business of conquering the fear that we talked about. Um, the fear is there, but you have to manage it. You know, you, you have to say, okay, he missed me. And I've got a couple of options here. Number one, I can I can fall flat on my face and never move again and hope he doesn't see me. Or I can kill him and reduce the chance that he'll ever that he'll get a second shot. And and that's what you do um, if if you've got it under control. How many times were you shot? Um, well, if you include shrapnel and various hits things from high explosives, yeah. three times. Three times. Actually, wow. more than that, probably four or five. But, but three purple hearts for being yeah. injured. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. When those are the ones where they have to bandage you up and haul you out. Wow. What was the worst worst one? Oh, I don't know. Um, I got hit in the head pretty badly. Um, there was a round that uh, hit the rim of my helmet and split and uh, oh. got me up on the eye. And that one was uh, that was dicey. Because you know, helmet on. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you think you're going to lose your eye, and, right? Uh, um, but you know, I, I, in the end, um, I think the fact that I survived them is is really the 
what gets down to it. I mean, you are so happy that you've survived that the injury doesn't mean that much. You know, it, that comes later. You're just you so grateful you're alive. Yeah, right. Wow. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Why do you think you were you know, didn't die. You know, all these different experiences, I'm assuming there was a number of people around you that you went through the years yeah. that didn't make it. Yeah. Why do you think your life was spared? I, you know, I've, that's one question that I do contemplate every once in a while. Um, and I, I like to contemplate it because it, it leads me to celebrate the fact that I did make it and that I have succeeded. I've succeeded to an extent that a lot of people don't. Uh, I've had a really good life, a really rich life, and uh, and got to do wonderful, weird things. Uh, it, it, my life has been anything but humdrum, and and I think back on those those occasions when I got hurt, or when I got hit, or when I got terribly disappointed by this, that, and the other sort of thing. And the again, that's backing off and taking a look at perspective, you know, and say, well, why am I worried about that? You know, yeah. I, I got nicked a little bit here. I got mm. I got whacked, but uh, look look what happened. Right. I don't know why I, you know the the Lord chose me to be the guy who makes it here, but He did, and there you go. Um, and I think I think those are those are things that that help you put life in context. Yeah. You know, you know that life is can be cheap, and uh, you know that uh, your success is something that you paid for. Yeah. Um, you you went a long hard road, and I think that makes you if if you're smart, 
it makes you appreciate of course, what yeah. you've got. Of course. What was it like with, um, did you have a girlfriend when you were in combat in Vietnam or, did, or you married? And yeah. what was that like? Was it challenging? Well, it was devastating. It cost me that marriage, mm. um, um, which probably in the end was a good thing because neither one of us were old enough or mature enough to, to really uh, make much out of it. Yeah. Um, the the whole business of going home to the girlfriend and the hearth and so on and so forth, that's on your mind. And that's an added pressure. Um, it It's just one of the things you have to deal with. Wow. How has the military, uh, I guess, shaped you or affected you in relationships after the military? I mean, have you been able to, you know, build really positive relationships? Yeah, it's smartened me up. Hmm. Um, you know, I went through a couple of marriages. Okay. And... Um, some of them uh, ended because I was an idiot, um, and some of them ended because it just wasn't right. And then eventually you get old enough, and I think your judgment matures, and you find the right person, and um, and that person has such great similarities. You, you're so simpatico with that person that it, it's a natural fit, and, uh, and it works out. And it has for me. Anyway. That's good. Yeah. So now you found a good fit. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. My okay. wife's a great gal. Okay. So. Awesome. If you could go back and talk to your, your 20 year old self, 20 year old self is me right now. Yeah. And you could tell him about what it means to be a man and knowing everything that you did from stuff in the military with mm -hmm. other guys to relationships you had with people to whatever happened. What would you tell him about being a man? What does it mean? And if you could kind of give him your list or definition or speech that would inspire him to grow up and maybe change some of the things that you didn't do, what would you say? Well, it would be a very long conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it would be one-sided. Sure. He'd listen, I'd talk. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm listening. <laughs> but I think, I think I'd say this. You know, look, you have a role in life. Um, that role has been given to you because you were born with a certain set of genitals and a certain emotional makeup. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing you can do about that. That's a good thing. Don't fool with it. And you grow, you're growing up in a society that has a certain Judeo-Christian ethic. That ethic has been good for all societies who've adopted it. Uh, so play your role. Your role is to be a provider, a defender, uh, a teacher. And your role is to step up in the hard times. Now, that's going to take some doing. It's going to take some thinking. It's going to take some courage. But you need to do it. And if you will do it in the hardest of times, your life will be rewarding. No matter how many troubles you go through, no matter how many hard times, mm -hmm. no matter how many emotional pits you fall into, if you'll step up and remember that you have this role and that you must perform in that role, mm -hmm. your life will be rewarding. And don't let anything pull you off that track. Okay. Because <laughs> there are people out there who will try to do that. All you've got to do is look around at our society today, uh, the roles of men and women. Um, they're confused right now. And I think that leads to a certain chaos in our society. 
um, those natural roles that that go back into the deep dark mysteries of time mm. when you know Og had to crawl out of the cave and go kill the woolly mammoth to mm. to feed little Mrs. Og and and all the little Ogs who were back in the cave back there. Those roles are okay. That's all right. And you have that role. You are the guy who goes out and kills the woolly mammoth. What if that role doesn't, uh, that doesn't resonate with someone? What if there's a, you know, a young man growing up who's like, that doesn't feel right to me or I, I don't feel like that's who I am? I would say you're doing way too damn much feeling. Okay. <laughs> okay. And not enough thinking. Okay. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to, I'm, you have to be the guy who sharpens the stick and stabs the woolly mammoth. There are other things to do, but you can't simply back away from your role and mission in society. Right. What about Mrs. Person who comes into your life? What's that relationship going to be? Um, is there, a, is there a structure for that relationship? Well, there should be, uh, especially if there are children that, that come into it. Um, so you're saying if the roles are confusing, then it's going to be hard to have structure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, more and chaotic, more and, challenges, more well, problems. The lack of structure breeds chaos. Hmm. And if you want to, if you want chaos, have at it, but right. your life is not going to be rewarded. Hmm. Your life is going to be chaos. So structure yeah. creates more harmony. Structure is important to human beings. Especially in the military, I'm assuming, without structure. Yeah, of course. But it's, it's important in life. outside the military. It's important yeah. in life that we have certain structures, that we have certain roles and missions. And why we fight those is beyond me. It really is beyond me. Why do you think people are fighting it so much more now today than ever? I'm, I'm hoping that it's a knee jerk. Um, look, we, as a society, uh, we've made a lot of mistakes and they're easy to pinpoint. Slavery is one. Um, the lack of equal opportunity for, uh, females in our society. That's, that's another one. Um, the denigration of females in our society by males in our society. Uh, these are, these are things that, um, we've done badly. And because we've done them badly, I think over the years, over the decades, there, there's, there's now a knee jerk. And that threatens to take us over a precipice, uh, that we should be fearful of. Um, I just, I think that's the, the sort of thing that, that creates chaos in a society, and it shouldn't. What would you say if you were going back to your 20-year-old self, and you're, and he was asking you, you know, when I get married, what should my role be in, in a marriage? Like, how should I be there for my wife? How should I, just how should I show up in general in hard times and crazy times mm -hmm. when she's acting like this? How should I show up when I'm uncertain? How should I show up? What would you say, just for general? Well, I I think your role should be as um, provider. I think your role should be as helpmate. Notice I don't say dominator; mm. I said helpmate. Um, your your role should be as an empath. Mm. You have to understand what's going on, and that's difficult. That's yeah. that's a hard thing because we're not wired the same way. If we were wired the same way, okay, but we're not. Uh, nor are we socialized in the same fashion. Um, and so I, I think you have to be a spouse. And that includes being a provider, a helpmate, um, 
an understanding partner, but you still have a certain role mm-hmm. that demands you to step up and be a man. Mm. Yeah. I'm hearing the common theme of the roles. Yeah. 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 Okay. Roles and missions. I mean, it's the old military thing. We have a role in, in life to play, and the mission is to make that life productive yeah. and make that life something more than just me and myself. Right. Hmm. This is fascinating stuff to me. I'm curious about the the things that men hide behind, the emotions that they hide behind, the masks that they hide behind in the military. Do you feel like there was a place for you to communicate certain things ever? Or did you feel like you always had to hide behind and manage these emotions and only just get the look or the touch or the, you know, the whatever it was, you know, a little bit here and there was, or was there ever a place to really show or express what you're truly feeling? I think, I think you develop if you're a half-assed good person. Uh, I think you develop friends. I think you develop, you develop close friends. Behind the uh, scenes, you're able yeah, to. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, you go and have a beer and, and you say, hey, you know, this is really screwing me up here. Gotcha. And he says, yeah, I got it. And, and you talk about it. Um, and there's no expectation between you. Um, that's what a, a friend really is. Mm-hmm. He's not demanding of you to feel one way or feel another way. He's your pal. He's your buddy or she is. And you can just say, look, this has got me, this has got me up against the rails here. I don't know what I'm doing. And they, they're not, they're not going to say, well, you then you're clearly a wing. Suck it up. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're going to say, okay, I get it. You know, and that's all you really need. And did they coach? Did they have any training on this? Because I'm assuming that this is a challenging thing for people. I don't, I don't think have, so. I think yeah. I think it's a human thing, mm. um, and I think it transcends the military structure. Um, you make very very close friends um, when you train with the men extremists. Uh, when you serve with the men extremists, you you become very close. And sometimes you don't even need all the conversation. You know, the conversation is superfluous. You just understand it's each extraneous. other. Yeah, you just go. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I feel and, you. And you get it. I yeah, feel you. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, final few questions for you. Um, what's your definition now of masculinity? What do you think the definition is? I suppose masculinity is a task that falls upon those of us who have a certain number of chromosomes. And I think it is it is our task to recognize that and recognize its value. Uh, not beat our chests and scream and yell and, and say, you know, we are the conquerors of the world, but to understand that we have certain responsibilities that come along with our sex. Um and to preserve those roles within our society to avoid chaos. That's as succinct as I can be. <laughs> and what would you say is your definition of uh, feminine? Well, feminine uh, to me is always going to mean nurturing. It's always going to mean um, the the instinct to mother, the instinct to provide for the continuity of our society. Mm. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a, That's a mission that, um, if, if you're a smart man, you envy, mm. 
the business of bearing a child, the business uh, and all the physical complications therein involved, um, but the business of nurturing that child, um, the business, because mothers, all of our mothers, I think, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, have an, an, a massive imprint on their children. It's always mom that you, you seem to remember. I mean, dad was this, but then there's mom. And it's that nurturing spirit that's wired into females, uh, or most females, most that I've met, uh, and I've met a bunch, uh, that I think makes them very special creatures mm. um, and, and enviable yeah. in a society. Yeah. Do you feel like men should embody feminine qualities or the feminine energy ever in any situations, or should it be strictly masculine only? Or Listen, I, I wish that I had half of the energy that I've seen in some women. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's to be admired. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, can we, can, can males ever completely emulate that? I don't know that they should want to. Mm-hmm. I think there's a yin and a yang. And, and I think it's wonderful when that yin and yang comes together because they, they tend to make a great whole, a very strong, uh, uh, structure, yeah. uh, a very strong relationship. Uh, I think, I think you, you may work and fail and work and fail and work and fail to find that yin and yang. But when you do, you should recognize it mm. and understand that, that there's a, there's the other half. Yeah. There's the part that's missing and you should celebrate that. Mm. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Um, final few questions for you. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? Well, I'm, I'm grateful that I've had 25 years of success in show business. I mean, that's good lore. That's pretty good. Long time. Um, yeah. And, and if you go back further than that, I'm grateful I survived some of the dumbass things I did in my life. Uh, but I'm, I'm very grateful lately since I've been getting old and long in the tooth. Uh, I'm grateful that I've, I've had an influence on people's lives. I mean, I, I love it. When the actors I've trained, um, you know, always want to talk to me and they call me at two o'clock in the morning, half drunk and want to know what to do because they've had an argument with their girlfriend. Look, that's irritating, <laughs> but, but it, it says to me that I've influenced their lives in some way, mm-hmm. um, that I've helped, that I've, I've gotten away from myself and worried about other people and, and, uh, help them maybe get a little grip on, on what they do in life. So I think, I think, um, you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day that there was a, uh, a reporter for Daily Variety or, or some showbiz paper that, uh, or some showbiz publication that, um, uh, was doing a story on me after, I think it was after Platoon, uh, in fact. And, uh, at the end of the story, uh, it said that, uh, well, if nothing else, uh, Dale Dye has changed the way Hollywood makes war movies. And I've always thought, you know, that that may be a great epitaph um, mm. because I've been able to touch so many people in my life, both in uniform and out of uniform, and and make a, a kind of a difference in the way they see things. Uh, I've had I've had young actors uh, call me and say that after going through the training that I put them through um, and the education that I gave them in the time that I was with them, uh, that their entire perspective on life changed. Um and that's that's pretty heady stuff. I mean, um, so I guess I guess um, what what really pleases me is that I've 
I've lived a life that has had a positive effect on some folks. As cliche as that sounds, sure. I think that's really the deal. That's cool. And do you put the actors through boot camps yourself or some type of training? Oh, yeah. What's, oh, yeah. what's it it's, like? It's, it's tough. And how it long is, is it? It is compressed. Well, it differs. Okay. It depends on how much time the producers will right, give right, me. Right, right, um, And it's isolated, and there's no phones, no agents, oh. no nothing. You live <laughs> in a hole in the ground, and you eat what I give you if you don't piss me off that day. And then if you do, you don't eat. Wow. And it's very, very rugged physically. I'm going to grind you down to the lowest common denominator so that I can then begin teaching. So all that's on your mind is how you survive that white-haired demon. SLB. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've got you. I can teach you. Oh, wow. I can show you that there is something. You know, young actors, uh, and it's it's a little bit sad, uh, young actors, because of the nature of what they're trying to do, uh, they grow up thinking that the sun rises and sets on their butt. You know, I mean, it's all about me, 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 me. Uh, how's my hair and how many lines have I got in this scene? You know, and that's the antithesis of the way we think in the military. Sure. The absolute opposite. So I try to give them a little different perspective, uh, that, that it's not all about you, pal. Mm. It's about what this project, this mission that we're doing. And you need to see it it's in that perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's bigger than you. Are you allowed to share some of the actors that you've, Put through the boot camps? Or? Oh, you've, you know. You, Who are some of the big names? Oh, well, you, there's Tom Cruise and uh, um, Tom Berenger and um, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, uh, Sam Jackson. and you put them and, all through training? Yeah. yeah. Well, some of them days or weeks yeah. or some yeah. just, oh, yeah. wow. It depends. I mean, if you look at Platoon, uh, when we did that back in 1985, I guess, um, we had 33 actors in the field. You never would have known who Charlie Sheen was. Uh, you never would have known um, who uh, Tom Berenger was. You never would have known who Willem Dafoe was. Um, you know, those at uh, Johnny Depp, we had him, um, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, wow. and, and these guys went on to become huge stars. Uh, stars. Huh. Um, and I, I always look at it that way. Um you know, what I think what I give them um, stands them in very good stead when they go on. They, they always tell me that, you know, they they look at roles differently, hmm. roles that they're offered. Um, they they often call me when they're, you know, if the young actors who are still auditioning for things and who aren't big stars yet, you know, they'll call me and say, Skipper, how should I, how should I do this and how should I do that? And, you know, I try to provide some information if I can, if I've got the context. And, and those things lead me to believe that, that what I've been able to do with them is valuable. Mm, that's cool. That's really powerful. Okay. This is the question I ask at the end for everyone. It's called the three truths. Okay. The three truths. So let's say it's the last day for you many years from now. Yeah. And you get to write down on a piece of paper the three things you know to be true about everything in your life that you've experienced and all all the things you've gone through, crazy, good, bad. Three final things that you would share your message to the world. What would those three truths be? Life is hard, but it's also good. Stick with it and don't give up. Love bigger than you hate. And never Stick anything larger than your elbow in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, 
I want to take a moment before I ask the final question. I want to take a moment to acknowledge you. Well, thanks for your service, your incredible service on all walks of life for serving, obviously this country for many years, at the highest level, but also serving so many people to get a real depiction of what it was like. Cause we'll never fully know unless we're there. That's the reason I do it. Lewis. We'll, we'll never know. I want you to get some taste of what those young men and women are going through for you and for this country. And you're welcome because you're worth it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I want to acknowledge you for that, for all that you've done. So it means a lot to me. Before I ask the final question, where can we connect with you personally online or the websites, or, you know, social media? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, um, I've been interested. Uh, I guess I can ramble a bit here. Um, you know, there aren't always war movies for us to do. So I've expanded my company. We've done things like music videos. Right. Uh, we've done things like themed entertainment for theme parks. Uh, and I started a, a, a publishing group. I started a publishing house, which has just gone great guns now. Um, and it's designed to tell military stories and, and publish military books so that otherwise folks wouldn't, uh, wouldn't find any place else. And the reason I do it, uh, the agenda that I had when I started all this 25 years ago was simply to let people like you who don't have the experience mm -hmm. uh, get a little look at who those men and women in uniform are and what they feel and how they think and what they do. Uh, so I've, I've done everything I can. Uh, either in books or uh, uh, electronic media or uh, or showbiz uh, movies and television. I've done everything I can to advance that agenda. And I can't remember what your original question the was. The website. And the website, media, yeah. which is Warriors Inc., I-N-C, Warriors Incorporated, uh, dot com, and okay. Warriors Publishing Group. And you can find all this stuff there. Yeah, all the books are up there. You have like yep. 20, 30 books up yep. there. I saw. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And are you on social media too or no? Uh, I... Yes, I'm on, uh, <laughs> you know, I have yet to tweet. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I don't like the word. All right. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds strange to me. Okay. <laughs> Why am I tweeting? I right. don't want to tweet. Okay. So anyway. It's the best way to uh, But I'm, but I'm on Facebook. Okay, and, cool. And that sort of thing. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. We'll have it all linked up for your, for everyone on the show notes right. here. Um, they could have called it anything but tweet. <laughs> could have called it chat or something, Yeah, right? something. Anyway. Something else. Okay. Uh, final question for you sure. is what is your definition of greatness? I think greatness is living a life that's not so self-centered and going through life with the understanding that you are your brother's keeper and you do have an obligation to help when and where you can. And you should go out of your way to do that. If you If you can just do those things... You're great. Dale, thank you so much for being here. Sure. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you all so very much for listening and for connecting and sharing this episode out. If you haven't shared it yet, please do. LewisHouse.com slash 364 or just click on the share button on the podcast app or right on the website. Also, check out the full video interview back on the show notes as well. Let me know what you guys thought. I want to get your feedback. For me, I thrive off of hearing your comments and hearing what happened for you, what opened up for you, what you learned about this. Did you agree with Captain Dale Dye on his message and some of his points, or do you disagree? Let me know. Share with me so I can feel it out and uh, 
and hear what you have to say. I'm all about hearing what you have to say. So we've got some big interviews coming up, massive ones. I'm super pumped about each and every guest and the perspective they bring. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if this is your first time here, then thank you and congratulations. Let me know if this is your first episode over on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes. I am so blessed and grateful to be able to interview these incredibly inspiring guests, and I couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much for all that you do to show up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when we release these episodes. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.